Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We're joined by Mo Alley-Cox, Colts tight end here on The Fan. Mo, good, uh, good afternoon, man. You know, I'm thinking about this. Training camp. You got music blasting. If they came to you and said, Mo, we need a song. Give me one song choice for training camp today. What are you going with? I'm going to go with um, Future, 7, 12 p.m. Now, now, is this like high energy? You got to have some energy at training camp. Oh, well definitely high energy. I guarantee you majority of the team will know it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So how are you feeling? Are you heading into your sixth season? How are things going as you're ramping up toward the beginning of the year? Uh, seventh season. Um, it's going good. Um. Very excited. You know, there's new energy throughout the building. Um, you know, new coach, new staff, new offensive staff, um, new quarterback, a um, couple new pieces here and there. So, I mean, the energy's through the roof. And, you know, we just put on pads on this week. So, that brought a different level of excitement the last two days. And we're just trying to keep the momentum going. Mo, to kind of build off Brian's first question, who on the team is not getting the aux cord for training camp? Oh, any of the offensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hear country and rock the whole time. Maybe some heavy metal. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm a big heavy metal guy, Mo. You go thumbs down on metal at training camp? Oh, uh, man. I could maybe do one or two songs. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes we get in the weight room and they just have it going the whole time. It's like, oh, I can't do it. I hear you. Unfortunately, I hear you on that one. How about being an undrafted free agent, like you said, going back to 2017, do you give the undrafted guys a little bit more love in camp or certainly if they make the team? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, the undrafted guys, you face a little steeper battle and making the team and making impressions and stuff like that. You know, your reps are kind of limited. So, you know, when those guys make plays or do something, you just get even more excited for them and, you know, try to pick their energy up because, you know, you don't get as many reps as, those, as the other guys. So, Whenever you get your opportunity out there, you just try to tell them to make the best of it. And when they make exciting plays and things happen, you just want to um, like show them some love. And you just try to give them free game because as a guy, I've been through that situation and been in their shoes, so I just know how it feels. Colts tight end Cox with us here on the Fan Midday Show. Mo, Chris Bauer has said in the past that competition is a good thing, particularly for position groups. When you look at how crowded that tight end room is while also looking at where you want to be as a player entering your seventh season, how do you balance that competition while also the camaraderie that comes with a position room? Um, You just, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to come in here and work and embrace the competition. I mean, we all know we're talented and we all know our strengths and our weaknesses. So we just try to build each other up along the way and just have fun. I mean, you don't want to come in and be miserable and you're competing with these guys because then your day is just not going to go well. So, I mean, when one of us makes a play, the whole group group gets excited. You know, a bunch of us, we position group in camp, you spend the, that's who you spend the majority of your time with is each other. So just try to um, build that camaraderie, eat together at lunch, dinner, and different things like that, and on the field, just build each other up. Because, you know, we're in 12, 13 personnel sets, so a bunch of us are on the field at the same time also. And then go into the meeting room and um, correct each other on different things and what we see out there and just try to just try to help all of us be the best that we can be. Uh, your new head coach, Shane Steichen, you know, if you're describing his approach to coaching, what would you say? And also demeanor-wise, is he a yeller? Is he a tactician? What's he like? Uh, so he's a tactician. He's, 
he can yell, but he doesn't. He'll like do. It's not yelling. He's just talking loud, like getting his point across. It's not like in an angry way. I think this is his energy. He's like he's very energetic, and like you can feel it when he talks in the meetings. He's like fierce, I would say. Mm. So I mean, but I mean, you when he talks, you listen. You can feel like he's getting his point across, and you understand what he's saying, and like it just it just resonates with you when he speaks. Mo, this will be the eighth different starting quarterback that the Colts have had in a season opener. As a as a player, that's pretty much the entirety of your career, having to yep. have a different person under center while you're trying to make an impact and grow in the league. How has that difference of quarterbacks over the years impacted your growth, and how much are you looking forward to hopefully some continuity at that position moving forward? I mean, it's been kind of tough, but at the end of the day, we're all pro, so we get paid to go out there and play the game. I mean, it's just tough in the aspect because every quarterback wants it a different way. They like their, they like what they like, so as receivers, it's our job to adjust. So hopefully now with new coach, drafting a quarterback, we have Gardner here, whoever the starter is going to be, um, just get that continuity going and build the chemistry right now in camp and then translate it over to the season. I mean, that's a that's a that's the best you could ask for. <laughs> He's Colts tight end Mo Ali Cox with us here on the fan. What has impressed you the most about Anthony Richardson so far? Oh man, his his arm strength, dude, uh, and he can fit it in some tight windows also. Um, but look at the wrist; that ball is out there, looks effortless. And then also, um, his poise never never seen him get too high, never seen him get too low. It's very even keel and mentally tough. Mo, I, I know that you as a player directly, this doesn't impact you, but considering it, it's one of your brothers on the field, with everything that's going on with Jonathan Taylor right now, I know he's out there at camp. Have you talked to him at all through this process? Um, Yeah, for sure. We spoke. I mean, we don't really speak about what's going on. We just talk about football and life and different things like that. Um, The rest of the stuff, I mean, as, a player, as his brother, you just want to take his mind off and talk about things other than that because – you know, he's dealing with that 24-7, whether it's social media or he gets on his phone, people texting him and different things like that. So you just want to talk about just life things and just be being there for him. You know, it's going to sound like a loaded question. I swear it's not. I'm just curious. Have things, have they gotten awkward at all in practice or is it just business as usual with this JT situation here? Um, it's business as usual. I mean, you always see reports and stuff, people saying awkward, he's mad. Nah, that's not the JT that we see. I mean, we see regular JT, and we're just happy to go to work and have fun. Mo, how much does it speak to you as a player and him as a teammate that, that he's still out there with you guys through all this? Oh, definitely speaks a lot. I mean, you know, as a player, most people you see, they go through this situation. They don't even show up. I mean, who's it, Josh Jacobs with the Raiders? I read somewhere he didn't even show up for camp and things like that. So, I mean, he's still here. He's still with us. I mean, I sit by him in meetings. He's in meetings paying attention. Uh, different things like that. So, I mean, he's here. I mean, and when he gets healthy, hopefully he's out there. You know, I'm curious, going back to Anthony Richardson, how much can you tell about him right now in training camp as a rookie that will, you know, you will see when the regular season games roll around? It will translate. How much can you tell right now as far as his goods and what he has? Um, you You can see it. I mean, you know, like, Say he makes a mistake on one thing, and then we go out there the next day in practice. You see, like he sees it a little quicker, makes the read a little quicker, doesn't force it in the tight window. You know, it's okay to take a check down five yards. You see, he's progressing in that aspect of the game, and you see he's getting more and more comfortable every single day. And what he only had what 12, 13 starts in college, so 
you know, all of this is still still moving fast. I, I would think for me it would be. So just the progression every day that he's making, getting more and more comfortable. You know, our defense, we have a very good defense. So going against them every day is always is just going to make him even better. Mo, where's the biggest difference for you from a career outlook or, or your expectations for yourself this season compared to years past as you enter year seven? Um, can you repeat that? Well, where's the biggest difference from like an expectation standpoint of what you've learned um, throughout all, all these different changes through your career here in Indianapolis? Biggest thing is just for me is just going out there and control what you can control. I mean, being in the league for so long, you see a lot of things, especially being in Indy the last couple of years, you've seen a lot of things happen that are out of your control. So you try not to let it affect you and how you play. Just focus on you and like, the team just focus on yourself the team and what you could do to help the team and then i think everything else would just fall into place who are you closest with on the team mo who's your guy um i would say probably zaire if not yeah. zaire probably you talk to colin a lot also colin granson how about the year zaire had last season what most tackles oh. in a single season in colts franchise history that's crazy i mean yeah i mean being his teammate i mean he came in what a year after me so just seeing how he's progressed throughout the years and going from mainly a special teamer and finally getting that opportunity to play on defense. I mean, all of us are just super excited for him, embracing that opportunity. And, then, I mean, he made the best of it. Mo with and then he's still our special teams captain. So, I mean, we follow him on that expert of the field too. Yeah. Mo, with how the emphasis has changed in the countdown to the regular season with more of a heavy focus on joint practices versus preseason games and trying to mesh well in both those. What what are the experiences like in joint practices knowing that they really are full-scale dress rehearsals in today's NFL? Um, joint practice is always exciting. I mean, it's it gives you a chance to hit somebody other than your teammate, and it's not in a game aspect. So, you know, and those joint practices, we could show a lot of our, a lot of our stuff, and it would not worry about it getting out there. Whereas preseason games, you don't want to show a bunch of the gadget plays and different things, different formations, and how guys are going to be used. You know, preseason games, you run the simple stuff, but in joint practices, you could really get a feel of how you're going to use your offense and different things like that. You know, Mo, I have to ask you, like you said, in training camp, you get sick and tired of seeing the same faces, right? Who has gotten under your skin the most in your seven years where maybe you got into a fight or you just, I'm sick of this freaking guy. I can't stand him anymore. Anything come to mind? Oh, man, a guy in the past was Kari because Kari was such a good defender, like seeing him every day. I think a guy now will probably be – Zaire, just because he does so much chirping on the field. It's like, all right, bro, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely exciting to compete with him. But it's always exciting to go against somebody else where you don't got to hear his mouth every day. (laughs) Man. I hear you on that. You got something, Jim? Yeah, last thing. Mo, when you look at how Shane Steichen has utilized and often emphasized tight ends in the past, what was the biggest thing about that that maybe excites you or makes you look forward to the type of offense he's going to run here in Indy? Um, Just the way he moves them all across the field, different formations and bunches, being a guy getting, getting certain passes, screen game. And then just going downfield or different things like that. Like tight end is used like a Swiss Army knife in the offense. So definitely excited to see how we're utilized. Okay, before you go, Mo, this is why I need to know. 
Who is the biggest heavy metal guy on the squad? <laughs> Where you might think, oh no, Quentin Nelson, here we go, Slayer and Pantera, goodness. And I might think, yeah, here we go. Who is that guy? Biggest heavy metal dude on the, on the Colts roster. I might go Ryan Kelly or Luke Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just so, booked Brian's next two interviews, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You know we're <laughs> we're going to target these Colts for the next time, Mo. That's exactly what we're going to do, man. But you crushed it today. Really good to catch up with you. Have a good day, Mo. We'll catch you down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, Mo. Yep. Appreciate you, too. There he is, Mo Alley-Cox. Colts tied in. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. Here on The Fan, want to welcome in Mike Chappell talking some Colts. You know, before we talk some Colts, Chap, where are you on the boss? Are you a Springsteen uh, guy over there? Yeah, I went to the concert way back when. I'm guessing it was a Hoosier, still a Hoosier Dome when he was here, and it, that's been forever ago. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a, uh, you know, stop what I'm doing and listen to everything, but I, I, I can take it in, in small doses, sure. <laughs> Did, didn't happen to be 1981, did it, Chep? Well, I thought it was later than that. But, <laughs> I, I asked because Todd Meyer had, had sent us a ticket stub today, and it was from 1981 at uh, Market Square Arena. So that's why I asked. Could, it could, could have been. Could have been. Again, that's you know previous previous life of mine. So it's, <laughs> things get foggy. But by the way, what is highest on your musical list, there, chap? What's the uh, musician or the band that you're most fond well, the of? Beatles. I, I'm a Beatles. I'm a when when the Colts went to uh, London. One of the only thing that, that mattered is is the wife and I went to Abbey Road, and I got my my picture taken. You know, walking across the crosswalk like every, every other idiot does. So, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a Beatles guy, and and then you know Bob Seger and, and Mellencamp and Brian Adams and Billy Joel. I, that's kind of my wheelhouse. Yeah, very cool, man. I, I learned something about you. Uh, anything going on with the Colts that's making major headlines? I don't know. Maybe something about a running back over there that I don't know about, Chap. Yeah, it's amazing that that with, with all the anticipated attention to be on the, the fourth overall pick in the draft, it's Jonathan Taylor. The situation kind of sucks the air out of everything else. So. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. Maybe, maybe it will, but I don't know. So until until the Taylor thing is resolved, it, it, you, they, they go about their business because they have to. But you're just waiting for something because I, I, you know, I've always considered him their best player. Maybe DeForest Buckner would 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 argue. But when you've got your best, at least your best offensive player standing there in a hoodie and just watching it just sort of it just grabs your attention because how can it not chap i know that as radio hosts as reporters as members of the media we don't want to be a part of the story we want to report on the story but yesterday throughout the show Many a time I spoke about how there's nobody in this market that I trust more than you, especially when it comes to the Colts. When you're reporting on this as it goes, and you had your story on Fox59.com a couple days ago about them potentially putting Jonathan Taylor on the non-football injury list, and I know you had subsequently seen his tweet later, did you feel like he was coming after you? 
Oh, I, 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 I guess Stephen Holder and I both right. reported essentially the same thing. So I, I guess, but I, see, that's one of those whenever, whenever I'm looking on social media or whatever, Twitter, I'll call it Twitter until they, <laughs> you know, until, it go, until it yeah. goes away. Yeah. But it, I always consider the source, whether it's Rappaport or Schefter mm-hmm. or, or Field Yates, you know, guys that, that I truly trust. There's a bunch of guys out there that just throw muck on the wall and see, and, and, and to see if it sticks. And, and I, I, I keep that in mind. So uh, I, when I use my sources, I trust my sources, you know, <laughs> and and or, or else I or else I wouldn't or I wouldn't use a story start citing them. Uh, so whether which, whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, whether it's someone in the front office, whether it's a GM with another team, I was texting with a GM from another team the other night that I'm, I'm a good you know I'm, I'm close with. So I always consider the source. So. JT can he can he he can do what he wants. I tell you, he 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 can he can clear a lot of things up by talking. Mm-hmm. You know, right right now we're getting secondhand. We're getting the team's point of view on things, and his agent, which is serving in my mind, is serving nobody. Of course, it, it's serving nobody good when the owner and, and the agent are doing things public. It, it, it's great for us copy and it stirs interest and all that but it's it's not it is not helping the situation when the team and the agent is getting into this you know schoolyard spat it's not yeah but back back, but back to the thing if i use something and i source it for whatever reason the person doesn't want his name i trust my source and that's why again i trust uh guys nationally and guys locally i shouldn't just say that guys locally uh that, that i trust but there's so many people out there that throw stuff out there, and it's just it's it's BS. Because normally we know locally kind of what's going on in the background and and the backstories, and then you see somebody report something. Well, my my friend says this, and it's, you just know it's complete BS. But too often <laughs> it, it, it's it's re it, it, it's it's re- repeated. As if you know, well, you know, it has been reported that. Well, yeah, but look who reported it. So it, it, it's a bad situation. Social media now is really good and really bad because there's generally it's bad because there's no accountability. Man, Chap, I so want you to name names right now. Like, <laughs> who thinks that their job the most? You know, I know you're not going to go there, but that's I'm so yeah. curious about that. Uh, Mike Chappell joining us here on the fan. How about Jim Ursay? the way he's handled this JT situation, what's your view on it? Has it helped or hurt this whole dynamic? It's hurt. It's hurt. I I think he, uh, he, he he really wants to get out and defend the team, defend his stance. And he makes good points. He does. But there's a reason that whenever we talk to Chris Ballard, Chris says, you know, you you all know me. I'm not going to talk contracts. And it frustrates us. But that's the, that's the better way to go. Bill Pullian seldom talked contracts, and we got things then from agents who were more e- easier to work with at the time. Now it's really difficult to, to deal with most, most agents. But, you know, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help to go public with anything. And that's why I say I, I, it, we need to have JT walk over to the, you know, to, the, to the media area one day and just talk. And, and then we're not – 
re, we're not trying to read body language, which is crazy. You know, people, people are brought, well, he, he's standing back there, he's moping, he's got a bad attitude. How can you tell that? You, right. you can't just by looking at body language. And so it would really behoove him to talk, and and he, he could he could really address things. You know, he he refuted the the back issue as well. I I trust the person that told me that, and, and the fact that they had tests done and all this. So we'll see again. And, and then I saw before we came on the air that Ian Rappaport is reporting that there, there's getting to be more some interest in Taylor on a trade. Well, that's fine, but it's going to have to be something really good for the Colts to trade because they said they're not going to trade him. And you know, having said that, things change. And and to say, you know, I, I remember back in 2011 at training camp, Peyton Manning signed an extension. Said it's great to be signed this and be a Colt for life, <laughs> and he never played for him again because of the neck issue. So <laughs> things change. Uh, I I still, if I were a betting man, I used to be with Robin Miller, and then I got cured because I got tired of losing. <laughs> I, I I think I, I I would think JT is ready for the season opener here because barring, you know, without a trade, he has no options. His options to play and get paid or don't don't play, which I can't imagine turning away from $4 million. Chap, from what you've seen from afar with how Jonathan Taylor's agent and his representation group at First Round Management, from how you've seen them operate and act to this point like the rest of us have i know that their their primary background has been representing mma fighters or, or, or just different fighters in that realm does it feel like he he's out of his element with this or, or or being unorthodox to a point that it might cause more harm to taylor than good well he certainly changed taylor's mind now i i i, I don't know how what the inner workings were of JT changing agents because go back when we talked to him and whether it was in January after the season or in April I don't remember but he was you know hey I, I put pen to paper uh, I signed the contract I'd like an extension but I put pen to paper and, and I signed for four years and that's where we're at he changes agents and now it's it's 180 degrees different you know he he, he, he wants an extension and and if it was reasonable, I would give him an extension. I just would. You know, the the, the word reasonable is anybody's guess what that is. But, you know, the bottom line is the team's not giving giving an extension. They'll talk to him in the offseason, next offseason, and they've made it clear that they won't trade it. They have no immediate plans to trade him. So, like I say, it's 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 things really took a different turn when he switched agents. Now, whether he – Obviously, wasn't happy with his previous guy for not being whatever more proactive, and and I don't know that in the background. I just don't know, but something wasn't right because he changed agents, and now he he's taken the more aggressive stance, and that's totally different from the, from how we've dealt with him in the past. But this is a totally different situation. Uh, we've talked in the press room it, to me this is a case where neither side is wrong you know each side's got very very valid points and that sometimes makes it really hard to resolve when you really believe you're right and you sort of are right but the other team or the other side just isn't buying into it so again it, it's it's just dominating 
the attention out there. Then, then it gets magnified when, when Zach Moss breaks his arm mm-hmm. yesterday in practice. And somebody mentioned, asked, well, you think that's going to give Taylor more leverage? And then, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> his is his own little you know, situation and world. And, and I'm kind of curious how it's going to wind up. But the next, it seems like the next step is Taylor's, unless the Colts follow through and, and do the non-football injury. And that's sort of amping things up another level if they do that. But, you know, we'll see where this thing goes. You know, Chap, that's where I wanted to go with you. Mike Chappell with his Fox 59 CBS 4. Um, when you report on something that – could the back injury, right? And it, it could lead to potentially the NFI list and could potentially affect Jonathan Taylor's money. I know you take that seriously. And so I'm not asking you who your sources are, obviously, but what is the process like when you vet out a report like that that has to be accurate when it has that type of importance attached to it? Well, they, you know, the, 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 the source certainly wanted the information out there and again you 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 have to consider who's telling you what and are they reliable and in this case i said yes it it is reliable this person is reliable and but then but then when taylor comes back and says you know no back pain you know or whatever the second part was he never reported back pain well the the bottom line is the team has to have some documentation if he if he showed up you know pre-camp and they went through the the physical and and he said i've got a back issue you know my my back's bothering me and maybe they do an mri or whatever on it well it's it's got to be documented they they document everything so at at some level it it should be easy to prove or disprove and that's where if it ever gets to that point it's probably going to involve a grievance with the, with the players union and then, you know, the NFLPA gets involved and then, and then it gets, it gets really, really, really messy. So, uh, you know, I, I think the team would prefer not to do the NFI. And one thing to keep in mind, you can pay players on non-football injury. You can, but also you, you don't have to. Hmm. And, and a lot of times when these things get, you know, it's almost toxic, I guess we're not there yet. But the person, the, the side with leverage, uses that leverage because that's, you know, because the other side's going to use leverage when they got it. And that's why I say with, with JT, there's not a lot. The only leverage a player generally has is to withhold services. Mm-hmm. That's what Josh Jacobs is doing in Vegas. You know, he's, he, he's not a camp. Uh, well, the difference is JT's got a contract. And that, that's People should should never put JT in the same boat with Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard because th- those guys are franchised. JT's got a contract, which, which makes it totally different. So, you know, it, it, it's it's like I said, I keep saying that the, ne- the next step needs needs to be JT, unless the team would, would take the step of going NFI, and that's when I'm sure there'll be a grievance. And it's so difficult to me dicey when when a when a team because a team can't make a player practice the player is oh, you know this hurts my ankle my back my shoulder whatever and the team says now you're fine well you know that you can't do that that that's where you get third parties involved and that's when things really 
might get toxic. I think back in the day with Eric Dickerson, where he had hamstrings or something and didn't and it they 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 suspended him for conduct detrimental to the team. And man, you don't want to go there because then that may be a bridge too far. Well, well hey, chap. Go ahead, man. Finish your last point. I'm sorry. No, I get it. And if we get to that part, I don't know how. I think that, like I said, it's a bridge too far. We're not there yet, but you can see the bridge. No, I hear you, man. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to jump in beforehand. Sorry. But, hey, good stuff, chap. Uh, we covered a lot of uh, ground here, and I have uh, well, we'll see, we'll newfound knowledge. Goes. Yeah, newfound yeah. knowledge of your Beatles love, your Abbey <laughs> Road picture. So this is good, man. Go. Yeah, thanks for thanks. being on today. That sounds good. Keep in touch, guys. Thanks, Chad. All right, for sure. There he is, Mike Chappell, Fox 59 CBS 4.